Hi, and welcome to my goddamn quest for happiness. I am Anne Klein, actor, comedian, and life coach. Okay, sure. This podcast is all about happiness. What makes us happy? What makes some people happier than others? And why can't I get it? I've been reading a lot of books. I've been talking to many, many people, watching lots of YouTube videos, rabbit hole, and I have discovered a few things. And I would love to share just that with you. Thank you so much for joining me on this first episode of this podcast. As I said, I am an actor and a comedian, and I've also started doing life coaching um, because this quest for happiness is the preoccupation of my life, and it's so it's so important to me that I thought, um, wouldn't it be nice if you could share that with other people? So I've spent a lot of my life reading up on this topic, you know, reading lots of different books about it, talking to experts about it, talking to just other random normal people, other muggles uh, about it. And um, and I want to share some of that with you because I am a muggle, so that might make it relevant to you. I'm not an expert who's just going to be talking at you and using weird jargon and um, going down really complicated routes. I hope I, I have the same concerns that you do and I have just invested a lot of my free time into finding out the answers to these questions and so I thought how best to help other people figure out this information without needing to read 500 books um, in a month. So <laughs> this is my attempt to make this digestible, light-hearted and um, to the point. Well, I, I actually should not promise that it will be to the point because I kind of doubt I'll manage to do that. But um, yeah, I'm just trying to share some nuggets of what I found with you. And in every episode, I'm hoping to actually add in some easy, actionable tips that you can incorporate into your lives pretty much immediately. Well, not pretty much, that you can incorporate immediately if you choose to, and therefore maybe bring some more happiness and joy into your lives. I'm a firm believer that um, life can be more enjoyable and it can be playful, and I just want to, I'm on a mission to bring the play back into people's lives. So if that sounds like something you might enjoy, I'm sure I've just put off a lot of people. But hey, if you're still here, thank you so much. And um, let's jump right to it. I don't, that's not how you say it. Let's jump right into it. <laughs> is that how you say it? Anyway, let's get started is what I'm trying to say. Today's episode is probably slightly different from the ones following because it's a bit more of a startup package, I would say. It's uh, a little bit of insight into what happiness even is, what it does for us, why it is good for us, and also a little question into the idea that success will bring us eternal happiness. Um, so I will, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll start with a little bit about my journey into it and then delve deeper into what happiness does for us. So how did happiness become a preoccupation of mine? It, I, it wasn't always the case. So I, I'm sure like many of you initially, my main focus was to be successful. I thought once I was somebody, I would be happy, you know, and I think um, that's probably a trap for many people. But yeah, I, that's, that's what I was convinced that was the case. That was what we were told uh, in society. That's what we think is correct, right? You get a certain 
amount of money, you get a certain job, you might find the perfect partner, build a house. If you get everything you could have ever dreamed of, why wouldn't you be happy? And that's um, what I did. I went off to Switzerland to study hotel management. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, was, I became interested in hotel management because I was obsessed with... Um, the Gilmore Girls and I really wanted to grow up to be Lorelai Gilmore. I also thought if I had a child at 16 that would be um, the key to eternal bliss. Thankfully I didn't go down that route. Um, But yeah, so I I studied hotel management thinking I was going to grow up to be Lorelai from the Gilmore Girls and I was incredibly unhappy. Uh, Initially it was really fun because I felt like oh I'm really working towards something and I'm not bad at this at all and you know I was offered certain jobs which was very exciting but over a certain time I realized I am so depressed I would wake up in the mornings crying and I didn't know why I, I, I didn't have a real reason to be crying. I was just sad. And that went on for a really long time. And, and, and I couldn't fix it. And all of a sudden I thought, okay, what if this is because I'm not following my true path? I want to be an actor. I have to leave this behind. I have to stop pretending and just go off and be a creative person and be an actor. Because once I'm an actor then I'll be happy. And you might have um, you might have figured this one out already, but I just placed um, <laughs> this wrong, put this wrong deduction on a different issue. So um, I still thought once I have success, I'll be happy. So the success in hotel management is not what's making me happy, but the success in acting will be what makes me happy. Um, and uh, it did for a while. I went to drama school in London and it was so exciting. Best time of my life to that point and then I left drama school and then I was depressed again um I spent the better part of a year in my bedroom on my own again doing a lot of crying a lot of eating my feelings it was not fun it was just not nice and at the time my (laughs) number one wish was to be completely on my own I wanted to just go off and live by a beach in a forest. Is that a thing? I don't know. Never mind. (laughs) But I just thought I could build my little tiny house and um, do yoga all day long. Um, (laughs) Wanky alert! But um, (laughs) that's what I thought I wanted at the time. And what I've found out since is I'm not alone with this kind of um, theory. So in this book I've ended up reading, which I will talk about more in a little bit, it also says that this is a problem that lots of Harvard students, for example, had. This is just the example of the guy who wrote the book, um, but this happens to everybody everywhere. These students when they were most stressed, they did the wrong thing. So rather than investing, they divested from the greatest predictor of success and happiness, which is, bum 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 bum, the social support network. So your social support network, I'll just repeat this again because it's important. I feel like Oprah Winfrey. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the greatest predictor of success and happiness in your life is your social support network. Studies have found that social relationships are the best guarantee for heightened well-being, lowered stress, and they are an antidote 
for depression. So this is quite substantial. This is quite a big piece of information. And the problem is when you do feel depressed, what you want to do is curl up in a ball as I did and it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. I've tried it so many times and I shall keep on trying. Um, but I know it doesn't work and so does everybody else out there who's ever tried it. But we still do it. We think when we're depressed, I don't want anything to do with other people. And that is the number one mistake because the only way to get out of it is to reach out to your support network. But more on that later. But yeah, so I made that mistake. I, 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 I locked myself up in a room and I went to look for answers. I started doing yoga, I started meditating, and I went down the rabbit hole of self-help books. <laughs> Guys, I'm single. I think that makes me really interesting, doesn't it? <laughs> we love a girl who reads self-help books. Any hoops? Uh, oh gosh, no. Please don't say that ever again. Um, but my point being, okay, all this rambling for something, my point is I found a book which is called the Happiness Advantage by Sean Aker, who, bum bum, worked at Harvard, which is why I made that reference to the Harvard students. And this book, hands down, changed my life. That is a, no, that's bullshit. Don't make statements like that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, if you come work with me as your life coach, you will have a villa and four cars in three days time. Oh my God, Anne Klein changed my life. So, okay, I don't think, I don't think uh, you can look at it in that way, but um, it did have a huge impact on me. Let's put it like that. It, it, it's incredible. It, it changed the way I thought about a lot of things because I used to be a little bit wary of happiness. I didn't really want to be happy because I thought if I'm happy, there's something people can take away from me. If I'm happy, people will want stuff from me. They will want me to work harder and I don't have the strength to do that and if I'm happy people will think I'm cheesy and I'm dumb and all those things I had all these weird connotations with it and also I thought I will become complacent if I have everything I want I will stop striving for things and I will never reach my success and obviously I want to be successful because I want people to think I'm great <laughs> of course, <laughs> what? Why else would you want to be successful? I'm gonna be like real honest here, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna regret this so much. But you know, I I I think I wanted to be successful to show people from I don't know from my high school, from my primary school, my my family, whatever. I just wanted to prove to everybody who'd ever said anything negative about me that they were wrong. Because now the world can see how special I am, and um, it's not a good way. Way of living your life, I would say. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so if happiness means I will give up on being successful, then no one will know how happy I am. So what's the point? <laughs> so basically, I didn't really believe in happiness in that way. But um, I started applying some things from this book that I'd read, and I started noticing that I was becoming happier. And as I was becoming happier, things were starting to fall into place. A lot more positive things happened to me, which is really strange. Like once I started thinking that my life was good, my life started becoming better. And the whole time I was like, my life is shit, my life is shit, my life is shit. It just kept becoming worse. So it was a bit like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And don't worry, I'm not going to start on the secret now where the universe can hear your wishes and will grant them to you. And um, I don't believe in that kind of stuff. I do 
I mean, I'll, I'll get into that in some other episode because I have a lot of thoughts on it. But um, I don't, I don't think the universe could sense that I was positive, and so it gave me good things. But it does still have an effect on your life, and I'm gonna get into that. I'm gonna get into that. Jesus, calm down, calm down. I'm getting into it, okay? Okay. Here's the thing. The book has shown the following. We have the formula the wrong way round. Mind blown. What formula are you talking about, Anne? I have no idea. I'm not following at all. Don't worry. I'll tell you. I'll rewind. Basically. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Basically. We have this idea in society and ingrained in our minds and our hearts um, that once we're successful, then we'll be happy. But as we found, that is wrong. Why is it wrong? Because we have a definition of what success means for us. And uh, every time we reach that, we change the definition of success because that's how our brains are wired. So if I feel like, oh, once I'm in drama school, then I'll know I'm, I'm, I'm worthy and I'll feel happy. But once I'm in drama school, I'll feel like, oh no, if I can get that role, I'll be happy. And then no, once I'm, you know, once I get an age, then I'll be happy. And I keep changing the goalpost. And if we keep pushing our success further away, which is, you know, it's a positive thing in itself, because constantly changing what success means to us means we keep striving, we keep improving, we keep moving forward. So in itself, it's not bad. But if we connect our happiness to that success, we can never reach it, it will always be out of reach. So therefore, ergo, (laughs) I'll speak a little Latin. Um, (laughs) Therefore, um, success does not bring happiness. Jim Carrey did a great speech a while ago. I think it was in 2016 at the Golden Globes, um, kind of making fun of this idea. He was introduced as two-time Golden Globe winner Jim Carrey. And so he references that throughout and just makes fun of it and says how he's not just any man. He's two-time Golden Globe winner Jim Carrey. And um, if only he could get this third Golden Globe, then he would finally be enough and he could end this search. Um, I think it's hilarious. I think it really nails uh, the point. So if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you go see it. Anyway, as mentioned earlier, the formula success brings happiness is wrong. However, the formula does work the other way around. What? It is in fact as follows. (laughs) Once we are happy, then we'll become successful. What? (laughs) Hang on a second. Um, (laughs) so, um, basically... (laughs) Basically, um, this book, The Happiness Advantage, talks all about how all of these studies actually found that people that are happier become more successful. When people are happy, they tend to feel more confident, more optimistic and more energetic, and others find them more likable and sociable. So they are more likely to undertake new goals uh, that will reinforce their happiness. They They will push for other things because they feel like they can do it. They feel more ambitious and strong and all those things and other people find them more charming and likable and whatnot and therefore they will offer them different kinds of opportunities so now things come to you that didn't come to you before but it goes even deeper than that let's dive into it so there's been over 200 studies conducted on nearly 275,000 people and they have found that happiness leads to success in pretty much every domain of your life. And this includes things like marriage, health, friendship, 
community involvement, creativity, and, in particular, <laughs> now I sound like a teacher, in particular, our jobs, careers, and businesses. All right, you got that? You got that. That's a lot of stuff that happiness influences and makes us more successful in. So these studies have shown, amongst other things, that workers have higher levels of productivity, they produce higher sales, they perform better in leadership positions, and they receive higher performance ratings and higher pay. I don't know if you... I don't... Are you listening? Are you hearing this? This is so exciting. All it took for these workers... So it's not... They didn't change anything else about, about themselves. All they did was become more positive, become happier, and their productivity went up, their sales went up, they they did better as bosses, and they made more money. They have higher job security, and they are less likely to take sick days to quit or to become burned out. This is a list of things, and I know this is not fun to listen to, and I apologise for this, and I am going to level with you. I have read this off a page, um, but I just think it's really important to... to mention all those things because it's so crazy to me. I mean, those are like really tangible things that have changed just because the people were happier. And so this idea of no, no, you have to like knuckle down and you just have to get the work done and don't take breaks and spend every waking hour working and, you know, being the most professional person you can be and blah, 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 blah. All of that is peanuts. I'm allergic to peanuts, but anyway. All of that is peanuts compared to what being happy does to your work. And this, to me, is revolutionary. I don't know about you, but I find this incredible because the way our world is built and the way we um, the way we make interns work like crazy hours. There was this guy years ago who died in his shower because he had to work, what was it, three days straight and he didn't get any sleep and he was completely burnt out. And he was young and died in his shower. That is so tragic. All because we think the harder people work, the more they're present and the more they take this seriously and the more they don't have a life outside of this work, the better they'll be for the business. And if I behave like this, then I'll be really successful and everyone will see what a great business person I am and I will I will make all my dreams come true. And this, like these studies prove the complete opposite. I think that's so exciting. I know I sound like a wanker, but I'm getting the hots for happiness. Oh gosh, no, please stop right now. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the topic. This change, okay, is not just on a small scale, it is pretty fucking substantial. So they've shown that managers that provide frequent recognition and encouragement to their employees actually see their employees' productivity increase by 31% compared to those that don't receive this encouragement. Okay, so all it takes to make your people work better by 31 bloody percent. Okay, there's no other change than saying, hey, well done, guy. Okay, this is this guy is called Guy, in case you were wondering. Hey, Guy, well done on your work. I have no idea what you're doing, but you're doing a great job. Okay, now go away, and Guy works 31% better than before. <laughs> Crazy. It's pretty amazing. They found that um, if you give actual deliberate and specific recognition, which is not what I've just done to Guy because it was very, very vague and not specific at all, but if you take the time to do it properly, then encouragement is more motivating than money. Are you hearing this? I'm not sure you're hearing this. I don't get a reaction from you. Anyway, it, I... Oof. 
I mean, come on. I know I know the businessmen out there that run the world are not going to be the listeners from my podcast, but I wish they were because it's it's amazing. And it's not, you know, it's not um a coincidence that uh, big corporations that are doing really well in the world like Google are at the forefront of this are doing like they have ping pong tables in their in their space (laughs) whatever you know there's all these incentives to like bring your dog to work or go for a walk in the afternoon or whatever go have a chat with friends and there's all this there's all this play brought back into the workplace in these like big monstrous companies but they outperform everybody else and while I don't want to um, encourage the support of big corporations like that I think it's still interesting to learn from them because if their main focus is making money and becoming the best of the best, then the fact that those companies use those strategies of making their employees happy, it should tell you a lot about it, right? Am I right, guys? Okie dokie. (laughs) So I'm going to share a few studies with you. I know that doesn't sound super thrilling, but I find it fascinating because I think people can talk about happiness a lot and it's often very vague and airy-fairy and cheesy and it just makes me feel so good. But the good thing about studies is, well, they might be a bit bland sometimes, but not these guys. Guys, 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 I've looked up the best, most interesting studies, I promise. Um... Uh, <laughs> but reading studies can can sound super boring. But the advantage of that is, you know, it's actually grounded in in like science. It's definitely proven to be correct, and no study has ever been shown to be wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I just I I can trust uh, something much more when there's a study it's based on than if it's just Tony Robbins claiming stuff. I do love Tony Robbins, but for all the wrong reasons. Anyway, moving on. Um, here's an interesting study for you guys out there. Knew you were craving one. There's a thing with doctors, okay, doctors that are in training, they do a thing called role play. And get your mind out of the gutter, okay? This is not sexual. Um, this is, Jesus Christ, Anne. Uh, this is, um, medical role play. <laughs> basically, medical role play is when a, a, a doctor is in a room. <laughs> just can't get out of this porn reference (laughs) anyway there's a doctor and they have actors that pretend to be patients with certain symptoms and the doctor has to find out what's wrong with them and there's a thing sometimes that doctors can do which is called anchoring and it's a big problem because it means that often doctors will well they'll have they'll have decided what the diagnosis is and they will stick to this they will stick anchored to this idea even when they get contradictory information later on so this causes a lot of false diagnostics diagnoses i don't know i don't know i don't speak english whatever um right and so they've done a study with doctors and they've made some of them happy and they've left some of them in neutral state and others uh nothing (laughs) i don't know (laughs) anyway uh they've got a group of happy people and other people that are neutral okay and um on average the happy doctors make get this make a correct diagnosis nearly twice as fast as a control group and they showed up to two and a half times less anchoring. They found that if a doctor is happy, he's more likely to make the right diagnosis more quickly than someone who's neutral or sad. You don't want a sad doctor, okay? (laughs) 
And the crazy thing about this is the way they were primed to be happy is by being given candy that they weren't even allowed to eat because they were worried the sugar might influence the results. So basically all you had to do to make your doctor happier was give them a bit of candy and they don't even eat it, but they're so happy and now they're going to diagnose you more correctly, more quickly. I mean, if that doesn't tell you something, well, you should do next time you go see a doctor, right? So flash them a little smile. So I find that pretty fascinating. It's a very tangible outcome and it's pretty useful for pretty much everyone amongst us. Another study that they've done, and it's kind of relevant at, during these times right now, thanks to COVID-19. You didn't think I wasn't going to mention it, did you? I'm sick of it too, but hey, I can't, I can't do a podcast on happiness right now and not talk about this goddamn virus that's going around. But here's the happy thing. Anyway. <laughs> Never mind. They did another study. Have I, have I mentioned studies yet? Uh, they did a study where they measured subjects' levels of happiness by giving them a little test to fill in. Anyway, then they injected them with the strain of the cold virus. And one week later, the happy people had fought off the virus a lot better than the other ones. And they didn't just feel better. It wasn't just, a, oh, I'm happy, so I feel fine with my cold. <laughs> they actually had fewer symptoms. So they had less sneezing, less coughing, less inflammation and less congestion, which is insane. So if you're happy, you don't just work better, you also don't get sick as much. <laughs> I think that's quite relevant during these times right now because I think we are probably all a bit sad because it's a shit time to be in. But um, actually working on our mental health right now is the best, well, no, okay, best thing to keep the coronavirus away is, you know, adhere to the social distancing and wash your hands and all those things. Obviously, I'm not crazy, but... In addition to that, if you make sure to um, do something good for yourself and put yourself in a happy state as well as you can, you're also, your immune system is going to thank you for it and you're much less likely to get sick or as sick. Yeah, there we go. So that's, uh, that's, that's for that one. So happiness does make us more successful. It makes us um, healthier and it gives us a chemical edge on our competition. What does that mean, a chemical edge? And did you read that somewhere? Of course I did it um well what it means is the following by chemical edge i mean it puts some chemicals in our brains that's good for us it's good it's a good thing so um basically positive emotions flood our brains with dopamine and serotonin which are chemicals okay basically happy chemicals and these don't actually only make us feel good but they also dial up our learning centers of our brains what does it mean again well they help us they help us organize new information they help us keep this information in our brains longer and they help us retrieve this said information faster later on. Okay, so it's actually physically doing something to our brains that makes us a bit smarter, which is so cool. Um, we make more neural connections in our brains and neural connections are the things, you know, that, that happen. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know, I feel like I'm talking to a baby. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Anyway, but neural connections is what we need, you know, like if we want to learn something new there's a new neural connection being made in our brain and it's it gets strengthened over time and then it, it's easier to go down that route and these chemicals dopamine and serotonin help us make uh, make more of those neural connections and help helps us sustain them and this helps us to think more quickly and more creatively it helps us become more skilled at complex analysis what? And it also helps us with problem solving and seeing and inventing new ways of doing things. I Again, I read this often, it's so obvious, but come on, it's, it's, it's tricky information. I can't keep all of that in my mind. I'm not happy enough. <laughs> Do you know the stress I'm in lately? Anyway, um, speaking of stress, happiness also undoes, undoes the effects of stress, okay? So if you are stressed, if you put yourself in a happy state, 
you get rid of all the negative effects of stress. I, I just think this is amazing. I don't know how you feel about this, but um, I think all of these things are so good to know because it completely changes the way you approach your work and your life and your health and everything. If you know that you don't have to always just keep grinding, you can focus on making yourself happier. And once you're more happy, you're actually, you're smarter, you're healthier, you're more productive, you're more motivated to get things done. So let's try it. Let's try it. Hey, give it a week. Give it a week of being happy. And if it didn't work, just leave it again. Because we prefer being sad anyway, don't we? It's much cooler. So much cooler to be a cynic. I hated the play. I hated the play. All the actors were shit. Oh my god. I'm so intelligent because I saw that it was shit, man. I'm a cynic, you know. What can I say? It's just how I live my life, man. It's just how I live my life. Hand me a cigarette, will ya? Well, that was a little bit of my acting skills for you. You're very, very welcome. Um, but... Yeah, that's that's um, that's that for this episode. I think that's quite a lot already anyway, but I hope you enjoyed this. Yeah, so um, that's that's happiness for today. It's actually happiness first, success later. Success guaranteed. My tip for today will not be quite as straightforward as the ones will be in next episodes. I, so basically, I thought it was good to have an episode that introduces a topic um, and tells you why it is even relevant to do all these things, because sometimes I worry that following my bliss and trying to become happy Happy is quite a selfish pursuit and I wonder like should I should I keep doing this is this a waste of my time but actually I think this introduction shows you're more likely to 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 be successful if you are happier and you're more likely to be present for other people and help them and it's actually quite a noble thing so in this case being selfish in that way helps you actually be better to others <laughs> if that makes sense uh yeah so if you have any questions please let me know i hope you had a good time my tip for today is as we as i started this podcast saying that um when you feel sad being on your own is not the way to go my tip is try investing in social relationships and that might be an ironic tip during these times of social distancing and covid but i think now we need it more than ever and now we've actually also noticed this more than ever i think people have never been as aware of how much they need their friends and the social support as they do now because now that it's gone we know what we had but you can always still call people you can send letters you can um video call them go buy some groceries for your neighbors go send an old person a letter and be nice to them <laughs> i don't know but just uh, just try and reach out to people, thank someone for something and let them know you, t you think of them and you care about them. Um, and um, it'll make you feel better. You'll be so happy afterwards. Uh, let me know how that goes for you over the next two weeks. And then I'll be back with the next episode with uh, another topic. Thanks again so much for listening. If you want to get in touch, you can find me on Facebook, My Goddamn Quest for Happiness, on Instagram at goddamnhappinesspod, or just go to eldo.lu where you will find all the info you need. Uh, if you enjoyed this, please share this with your friends if you feel like they could do with a little bit of happiness in their lives. And um, yeah, thanks so much for listening. See you later, guys. Bye.